0: Hey, everybody. This is Mike with the podcast. As you know, we're on a break between our season two and our season three. And just wanted to have a moment just to share our enthusiasm and our excitement for how season two went. And just for all of our listeners, we so appreciate you tuning in and and riding along with us each week. I cannot wait to unveil the star-studded cast that we have for season three. I think you're going to be really excited about it, but... In the meantime, we didn't want to leave you hanging. Instead, we wanted to reintroduce some of our favorite podcasts from this past season. And with that, I hope that you enjoy this next podcast. Thanks, and we'll see you all in season three.
1: As a team leader, I face new challenges every day. Fortunately, I found Teams Global. Their e-learning platform makes it easy to take hyper-relevant courses like giving and receiving feedback, ownership to action, and managing virtual teams. Teams Global allows me to learn on my schedule and at a price I can afford. Check out Teams Global today at teamesglobal.com and become the leader that your team needs you to be. Teams Global has a special gift for you. The listeners of the Building Teams podcast. Use the code PODCAST10, that's P O D C A S T, 10 when checking out for any Teams Global course for a 10% discount on your order. Sign up for a course today. Welcome to Building Teams with Teams & Co., where we explore how leaders can empower their teams, achieve ambitious strategies, and deliver an exceptional customer experience. Views expressed by guests are their own and may not reflect the views of Teams & Co. Well,
0: hey, everybody, and welcome in to the Building Teams with Teams & Co. podcast. My name is Mike Vagalas. Here with my co-host and the founder and president of Teams and Co, Tracy Eames, and our awesome guest Michelle Trotz, the founder and president of her own CPA firm. Michelle, Tracy, welcome in. How are you guys both doing today?
2: Awesome. I couldn't be better. How about you, Tracy?
3: I'm doing great. We're uh, we're uh, we're having a great day here. Beautiful weather. So uh, looking forward to getting out for a little evening hike. As uh, as Mike knows, that's one of my favorite evening activities. So. Uh, but we're really looking forward to this podcast michelle we've been uh we've been trying to schedule and organize, and I know we we're both very busy um but we finally made it happen, and we learned today that this is michelle's first podcast ever, so Woo. we at teams and co are super excited that you're honoring us as your first podcast so thank you
2: my pleasure
0: <laughs> it's awesome to have you We have a a good time in this podcast. we were talking before the show we We sometimes like to to joke around and and have a good time, but um, always get some really good content and know that we've got a a great listenership. And Michelle, just so excited to get to know you a little bit better, uh, get to know more about your business and how you lead your team. And uh, to start, kick things off, I would love for you to just give a a brief introduction to yourself so our listeners get to know a little bit more about you and and how you got to to be the owner and founder of your own CPA firm. So would you mind just walking us through your career background?
2: Yeah, my goodness. Well, how much time do you have? Okay. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's kind of an interesting uh, background and story. I mean, kind of typical in that I, I graduated with no accounting degree. Uh, which is really hard to pass the CPA exam without an accounting degree. So try that with your friends next cocktail party. Um, but anyway, it was an economics degree. I'm super proud of it from Clark University in Worcester, Massachusetts, um, and an accounting concentration. But I got through. I got through the CPA exam. I knew it was accounting I wanted to do. I started my career off very traditionally in public accounting. Worked for a couple of different firms um, in the Northeast, mostly Massachusetts area, um, and then typically went into um, internal auditing, did some manufacturing accounting and the like, and then ultimately ended up being a a director of finance and operations for a local not-for-profit. And it was in that experience that I realized that this not-for-profit, how fortunate it was that they had the ability to have a CPA as their director of finance on, on their team. Um, and how great it would be for other not-for-profits and other small businesses that you know could have that resource. So with that in mind, I decided I think it would be great to start my own accounting and consulting firm mm. and, and be that be that contract controller, that contract accountant, that CFO for small to mid-sized businesses and not-for-profits of all sizes, which we're really super fortunate here in the Western North Carolina area, which is where I'm located. We have a ton of not-for-profits, Um, and it's really an entrepreneurship kind of a community. So there's a lot of, you know, small businesses, new businesses starting up all the time. Um, and so it's been, it's been great. And it seems to be something that a lot of folks really, um, are happy about. They've got a CPA on their, on their team that really is there to, to help them with all questions that they have and, and be that I like to call it CPA on a shelf. And, uh, and they can reach out to us anytime and, and that's that's what we've been doing. We started in 2012. so we're now celebrating uh, nine years and uh, and it's it's been I can't say enough it's been great.
3: That's awesome. Michelle for our listeners that might be wondering you know why, why would I need a CPA? you know we know how important it is and, and we love working with you but would love to have you kind of explain to our teams we, we work as you know with um, organizations that are growing right They're in this big growth phase. But also, as you know, the key to being successful in growth is having that strong foundation. So maybe you could tell our listeners a little bit about how you work with you know, the, the clients that you work with to help set that foundation, get them on the right path, and then how do you help keep them on the right path as, as they move forward?
2: Yeah. So, um, so I can't stress enough. You're right, Tracy. I mean, getting that right foundation, um, it's, it's key, right? When you think about even like building a house, if you don't have a solid foundation, it, it doesn't have a good platform by which to, to grow or to be built, for example. So, um, so we provide that in a couple of different ways. One one way is we do a lot of training, so we do a lot of training and education in the community, um, and that's through things like the small business center, through the local chambers, we provide a lot of community training and counseling just in general for free of charge for those folks and always trying to give advice um, and guidance. Uh, for our clients it usually starts with clients reaching out to us saying well how do, how do I even begin I've got this idea I like to make widgets or you know uh, blankets and you know I like to, to sell them um, and so we are able to really help them with understanding well what's the what's the goal what are you trying to do in your business so that we can maybe make some suggestions or advice about what what business formation you should be so structuring your business in in that formation it should you be a sober proprietorship? Should you be a partnership, a C-Corp, an S-Corp? Um, LLCs are hugely popular. And so we even teach a class on how to form an LLC in North Carolina. Um, so it's just a lot of, you know, consulting and really working with each individual client and that business to really understand what, what is that goal? What are they really trying to achieve? What are they going after? And what's the best formation of, or structure of business that, that would satisfy them and, and their needs? Um, after that, then we get into accounting systems. You know, sometimes clients will come to us. Well, they've already established their business, which is great. Um, but they're using pen and paper or, um, Excel. Also a great product. I'm not bashing Excel by any stretch of the imagination. I love Excel. I work in Excel all day. Um, but you know, an accounting system is, is key to everything. It's, if people don't realize it, it's really how to put all that data, all those transactions into this system so that you have the power as a, as a business owner to really be able to understand what your business is doing. And so sometimes folks are like, I don't, okay, I can, I get it. You put the stuff in this accounting system and I can enter these transactions, but, but how do I know what it's trying to tell me? So then we spend a lot of time coaching and counseling our clients on how to read their financial statements and understand what it's trying to tell them so they can make really good, timely, appropriate business decisions. So it's, it's really just, it's on a path setting that foundation. The first step for them is just getting us to be part of their team getting us to be a part of the process. We love to to help them from the very beginning from just a thought or a concept. Um, but if they've already gotten through that step, then just bring us on whenever you can. And we'll be there to to guide, to coach, to counsel, to offer advice, to even help you enter the transactions and, and all the things in between.
0: Michelle, I, I got to say, I have never heard anybody talk as passionately about accounting and accounting systems so I I love it I really really do I think it's so important and Tracy and I talk about this a lot about having passion behind your work and it sounds like you're you're talking about a lot of really important things right you've got uh, the deep competence in in what you do and the knowledge as a CPA with experience from public accounting to other firms to everything else you've also it sounds like. I don't know if you've ever gotten a a certification as a counselor or a therapist, but it sounds like you are counseling and giving therapy to a lot of people as they work through the challenges of how to set, you know, how to do bookkeeping and how to read financial statements and make decisions from the data. Um, And I I just love it that that was my my initial reaction. The question that I have coming from that long-winded statement is... um, when you work with these other teams, how do you sort of integrate yourself in as a, uh, a team member, but not necessarily part of that internal organization? Um, so how do you think about integrating yourself into the team and, and being the most helpful that, that you can be?
2: I, I, Mike, thank you. I love that question. First, going back to that, that long, um, initial, um, <laughs> assessment that you made, which I love, you know, it's, it's really funny you say that because I actually have been called a financial therapist. No, I'm not certified in therapy, but I do think there <laughs> ought to be a thing. Like, <laughs> it should be a thing. Um, but yet yeah, to get to, to your question, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting. There, there isn't a science to it, um, but I find that when I have the opportunity to talk to a business owner uh, or, you know, a administrative group or a board of directors or something to that effect um, and explain to them that I'm here to help. And so I want to be there to assist in whatever way it's possible. Some people, especially some of the folks that, um, you know, are, are accustomed to say auditors or things like that, they get a little nervous at first when they see me coming. So, for example, so not only am I a CPA, which is a certified public accountant, but I'm also a CFE, which is a certified fraud examiner. And so it really tends to kind of make people sort of step back and think, well, what's wrong? What's going on? And that's that's not the case at all. So, um, I, you know, I use that that accreditation, the certified fraud examiner, really to although I can do fraud investigations, that's not where I spend a lot of my time because it, it does take a lot of time to do a fraud investigation. I use that knowledge base and that accreditation to really help businesses and not-for-profits know what good internal controls are. So with that in mind, I'm, I explained to folks, you know, I'm here to help and I want to be able to find what's what's the right mix for you. It's not it's not necessarily a cookie cutter type of situation. Every client is different um, and what they need is different. And so we go into it with, you know, well what's going on? What can we do to help you? And so that's that's how we kind of get started initially with working with various clients. And then after a while they realize, well, Like I said before, you know, it's kind of like, it's an ongoing relationship, although we structure our engagements to just. Uh, actually expire after a year because we want to force the issue of revisiting with the clients and saying, you know, is, is this working? What else is going on? What else can we do to help you? Um, but during that time periods, in some cases for some clients, maybe we're there every week doing various functions or entering transactions or helping them. And some clients uh, it's monthly or quarterly and some literally will just call me when something comes up, when they have a question, when there's a problem, um, oh gosh, this happened. What do I do? Or I'm thinking about opening another location. What do I need to think about? Um, you know, things very simple, like, um, and you know, we provide these these services, these great services um, for the community um, and and it's you know it's it's therapy type of services, say for example, um, but we are thinking about you know doing a fundraising kind of campaign and and we're gonna make t-shirts and and sell those and so when they let me know those kinds of things i it gives me the opportunity to say to them, "Okay, that's great. I love that idea, but did you know that even not for profits when you sell things?" You now are in the world of sales and use tax. Let's talk about what that means. What can we do to help you? That kind of thing. So once, once we have the ability to really meet with the client and get them to understand we're just here for them and to help them, it's, it's this natural symbiotic kind of relationship where they know I'm here. They can call me and they should and let me know what's going on. And then I can. I can easily help them and advise them with with whatever might be happening at that time or whatever thoughts they're they're thinking about doing next or changes they're thinking about making. So, so it really does work in in a very team collaborative kind of a way. Yeah, I think that the thing that
3: resonates with me about that, Michelle, is you know we often say to our clients, "Hey, you can't be everything to all your customers, right? You need to know your customers. You need to know what's valuable." But also, all of us on this call have founded an organization, and you can't do everything, right? As a founder. You can't literally, there's not enough time in the day for you to be both your CPA and business development and marketing and the actual, you know, producer of your widget or your service. And so the nice thing about having somebody like you on the team is saying, hey, you know what? I don't have expertise in this. But I also don't need to worry about that because I know I have somebody who knows all of those things and kind of has my back, right? Like there's this like nice safety net as a business owner and founder to say, okay. Who are those trusted partners I can plug into my team? And I don't necessarily need to know or do everything. And I, I think that really resonates in terms of, especially for our listeners, as you're building your team, not everybody has to be an actual employee of your company, but it's how do you find that right balance to kind of build out the skill set you need to move forward?
2: I, you're exactly right. And that's that's really what I tell folks. And, and that's actually where most of our clients really approach us, because, you know, especially Who knew? But in a pandemic, people actually start a lot of businesses. I didn't know that. Did you know that? I'm thinking a pandemic or an an economic recession, not a good time to start a business. But apparently I'm in the minority. So, a lot of people start a lot of businesses. Um, and, and of course, that, that stands for, reason, for a number of, of reasons. Some, you know, maybe have left employment or are no longer employed and just think, well, this is the opportune time. Um, but a lot of times people will just get started. They think they can do it all, Tracy, to your point of like, I can make the widget and, you know, I can do this and I can do that. And I can be my own marketeer and I can, you know, be my business developer, and my own accountant. And soon it's, they get to that point, like you said, it's just too much. And so what ends up happening is they're, they're making the widgets all day. Then, you know, in the mornings or in the evenings, we do those fun things we call networking. Right. And so now they're, they're going out into doing all that networking. and they come home. It's now eight, nine o'clock at night. And it's like, oh, now I've got to do my accounting. And so, Mike, to most people, not unlike you, it's it's a little bit of a drag to them, whereas it's not for me. <laughs>
3: I feel like you just explained my
2: day to all the listeners. <laughs> it's true. It's what we do. Uh, but they, that's when they come to me and they're like, you know, I'm tired of this eating up my, my family time or my personal time. And so I really need some help. And so that's where we come into play. And you're right. I don't, I'm not there every day. I don't need to be, you know, an employee per se. And I think this concept's actually a little bit easier for people to understand having lived through now the pandemic. You know, we all can do different parts of the of the whole puzzle from different locations in different ways. And let's try to learn how to maximize each other's core competencies. It's not your core competency as a business owner to know accounting and understand what the financial statements are trying to tell you or how to, you know, enter various complicated or complex transactions. That's what I do. But I, I don't I don't make widgets. You know, I, I don't I can't I, I couldn't quilt to save my life. So for those of you who are quilters, you know, <laughs> so we all have our expertise.
0: Yeah. I think that that resonates so strongly as as Tracy mentioned. We're all founders of our own things um, on this podcast. And I recently got the advice from one of our technical advisors telling me Mike you're not a you're not a tech guy so you need to trust that you can you can step back a little bit from that part of the business stay in your swim lane you know keep your finger on the pulse of the of, of the things to make sure that you're on top of everything but that doesn't need to be it yes it's your accountability but it doesn't need to be a responsibility and I think that what you just said is is a perfect articulation of stay in your swim lane trust the accounting to CPA, auditor, fraud investigators, because you're really good at that.
2: (laughs) I'm actually, I'm actually going to write that down, Mike, if it's okay with you, I'm going to steal that. It's your accountability, but not your responsibility. Right.
3: We have a a nice tool, the RACI tool that we can, uh, we can share with you as well. Mike, uh, Mike has uh, been very, very focused on our new online learning platforms for teams global. And so We've been talking about this a lot for first time leaders, especially, and I'm sure you've you've kind of come across this with growing organizations. As leaders, I think we feel like we have to do everything versus how do we delegate responsibly, right? How do we build our team not just through okay i'm going to go we're going to go do the ropes course in a team building event, but how do we intentionally build skills in our team to empower them so they can go off and you know be successful and do the things that we all need to achieve? and also from a leadership perspective. I now can focus on strategy, right? So if I'm training my team and I'm empowering them to do these things, I also free up a ton of my time to be doing the thing I'm responsible for, which is strategic thinking and kind of leading the organization. And, and we speak to a lot of organizations, especially now that we're focused on these leadership trainings around how do you find that balance as a leader? And I think your firm is really helping a lot of leaders find that balance. So it's fun to, it's fun to think about.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, um, and that's the other thing, uh, you know, you brought it up. You mentioned just, you know, the accountability, responsibility, um, you know, how to really kind of make sure you delegate. And that's another area that, you know, like you said, a lot of business owners, they're a little bit afraid of kind of letting go. And so I work with them to really understand it's really important for your own health and sanity. But also uh, there are things that you can do to make sure that you structure this delegation process that you can still keep a pulse on things. But not to mention that as we're talking about forming teams, one of the things that I learned in my career that was so helpful is empowerment of teams and people around you and when you give people and you delegate to people certain tasks or responsibilities or you empower them to be over or responsible or in charge of a certain aspect even of your own business it's rewarding and they get extra um, good feelings about being part of your business and being about part of your team and i help the business owner understand it, you're not totally letting go. You're not completely out of the picture. You're not ignoring this. You, it's your responsibility to put the proper controls in place to make sure you follow up, you check. You've got checks and balances so that you don't. You can sleep better at night. You know that all of your assets are protected. But delegation and empower. It's it's empowering and, and allowing your team to feel that empowerment is is so critical.
0: I totally agree with that, it, and it's something that. It feels like if this were on a multiple choice exam where you asked the question, is it important to be an effective delegator and to empower your people? Yes or no. Nobody's going to answer that multiple choice question incorrectly. Like we all know the right answer, but it's so much harder to do in practice as opposed to you know, that hypothetical academic occasion. Michelle, how do you put that into practice with your own firm, with your own team, uh, thinking about delegating and empowering your people?
2: I, I I love that question too. It's it's hard, right? Even so, even though I said, okay, this is what I help other business owners to to do. Um, this is just between us, okay? So so just a little confessional right here. You know, I, I, it was really hard for for me to kind of. I had to work at it. I had to kind of. Okay, Michelle, you cannot be all people to all things all the time. And so what do you need to do? So just by nature and by design, first of all, my, my firm, what we do here is, and I'm, it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. So we have all what I call senior accountants working as part of our team. So no one is is right out of school. And all of the folks that work as part of our team have been doing accounting for a long time, and that's a relative term, uh, but a while. And, um, and, or have also, ironically enough, every one of us has owned our own business at one point in time. So we really know what it is like to walk a mile in the shoes of our clients. Um, it's not the same business, but but it's the same experiences. It doesn't matter whether you're you know replay, repairing cars or you're you know making widgets or you're selling therapy services. you know it's it's still the same same trials and tribulations when you own your own business. Um, so at first, you know it, the whole, process of, of how we actually deliver our services is, um, is, is very independent. So finding the right people to work in, in our firm, uh, senior accountants that are self-starters, um, and they all make their own schedules. So I do all the business development for the firm. And then I say, OK, well, we've, we assign the, the team member to the client based on, of course, availability, who, who's available to make sure that the client's needs are serviced but also who may have that expertise some of our team members are very good at say you know uh, or understand uh, restaurants or retail operations or those kinds of things so so when we get those restaurant or retail operations i want to connect that client with that person on our team that understands that industry best uh, or whatever it might be so I, you know making sure I pair them correctly and appropriately. And then they get together with the client and set the, the dates and meetings and all of the, the scheduling, et cetera. Um, and so they we work as a team and the pandemic kind of helped this too. We would get together before the pandemic. We would get together in a, at our conference room. Uh, we have a, a small, um, small office that that has a conference room that can be shared and booked. So we would meet there. We do some training, some, some discussions, some talking and everything. But with the pandemic, we instituted a, a weekly meeting just because it was so important to touch base, right? Even though we didn't maybe do it before, but all of a sudden it became critical to have that connection. So we do a Teams weekly meeting, all of us get together, and it's been amazingly great. So they they have the ability, we have the ability to connect and touch base and ask questions and kind of bounce things off of each other, Um, but they're completely empowered, once we have made the connection with the client and that team member, they get with the client, they set the, like I said, the schedule. And if there's any questions or problems, they come back to us either at our team meetings or they get with me. But they, they feel really served in that way. And then, you know, I also work with my team members uh, individually. I want to make sure that they're happy, they're satisfied. Am I supporting them the way they want to be supported? So one of our team members, she's a, a, what I call a senior accountant. She's owned her own business. She understands accounting, but she doesn't have an accounting degree. Hmm. It's very interesting. And so she's like, I really like some more education or trainings on various things. And so I try to provide that for her. Uh, another member of our team is getting her master's in accountancy, and she wants to sit for the CPA exam. So I say to her, "What can I do to help support you? You're going to need time off to study. Um, it costs a lot of money to sit for the exam. So we have a policy where we help financially, you know, support folks when they're sitting for the exam. Um, so you know, just various things that I can do for each person individually to help support them and feel supported by me and the firm. And then, I, as I mentioned, these weekly team meetings they love it. They feel supported by each other. They feel connected. Um, and then also they have that autonomy. They're able to connect with the client individually on their own. They, they go through the processes. They make their own schedule. Um, so I think all of those things combined is, is really been helpful for my team to make them feel really kind of empowered and yet part of the team.
3: That's great. I think first, before I ask my question, I wanted to say I love the authenticity.
1: And now... Let's hear about the wonderful people that support this podcast. Are you
0: spending more time managing your accounting than you are managing your team? Maybe it's time to bring on a professional to help you. Michelle Trotz and her team are an accounting and consulting firm that specializes in contract accounting, outsourced CFO and consulting services. They give you the time that you need to focus on operating your organization. Give the Michelle Trotz CPA, CFE, PLLC firm a call today to schedule your free consultation at 828-280-2530. Again, that's 828-280-2530. You don't have to run your organization alone. Michelle Trotz is your partner in accounting.
3: One of the things that I think all of us as business leaders struggle with is you do go to these, you know, whether they've been virtual networking events for the last year or so or, you know, in person. um, And there's this like fake kind of like, oh, we we don't want to say that we're having a struggle with this. Right. Or even when we work with clients, they're like really tentative to admit like these things are hard. Right. But they are hard. It's hard leading a team. And it's difficult to make sure that you're helping each individual team member. And I just love how you started off saying that you had to work on it because all of us as leaders have our own weaknesses and being able to admit that and say, hey, you know what? I had to try really hard at this, but now I feel like I'm in a good place with my team. I think also builds that trust with your team, right? I think if you always go in and you're like, oh, I know everything and you never say, I don't know, it starts to feel disingenuous to your team. So I think having that, that frame of mind is really valuable. And we secretly love it on the podcast because we think all the other listeners are also kind of, you know, dealing with their own challenges. So to hear hear other well-established leaders admit it is, uh, it's very refreshing. So thank you. Thank you. I
2: appreciate it. Yeah, it's it's something that, you know not everybody knows. And and I have other clients that say to me, well, what do I do? How do I do this? And and I and I say just that to them. You know, it's transparency. And and openness is so important. And if you can be open with your team members, they will so appreciate, they, they will make, they will assume now that you're real, you know, so, so once you can be real to them, they'll be real back to you. And now you've got real people communicating and talking and coordinating and collaborating.
3: Yeah, no, it's so true. But I think I want to, I don't want to lose the first point that you made, which is obviously there's been a lot of change in the last 18, 20 months with, you know, all of us struggling and kind of the ways that we work changing uh, as, as the, you know, we were living through the pandemic and we, we get a lot of questions from clients around, okay, how do I shift my strategy? How do I adjust to what customers want now? Right? Like, how do I make all these changes in my business model and how do I support my team with all of these changes? Right? So we're getting a lot of those questions are there questions that your clients are coming to you from a perspective of, we we often speak about agility, right? And how do you make your teams agile so you can keep responding to all the new things we all have to keep facing? But are there ways that you're kind of working with your clients to say, okay, these are some common questions we're getting about, you know, agility on the kind of financial side of things?
2: Yeah. Um, so I love the ingenuity of people. And so where, my clients and other, I've seen other business owners, you know, got involved or got in deep, you know, in the pandemic and realized, okay, we need to, Pivot that famous word or do something different. They, they were really ingenious and, and found that ingenuity and creativity to kind of slot here or slot there. And where they got us involved is they said, okay, you know, we're going to do this. And so I want to make sure that we're accounting for it correctly. Like, how is this going to affect my current business? And maybe if I want to come back to it later, you know, how do I make sure I can, I can keep those space is separated for now. Maybe it's a short-term kind of a new thing I'm going to do, or do I combine it as a total? So just helping them sort of account for all the different things that they're doing now. But what I found really a big change, and I don't know if you all are experiencing the same thing, but it's everything has gone virtual or electronic. So I get a lot of questions about electronic forms of payment and how, how to make that happen. And then also, how do I make sure that my electronic forms of payment are secure and my assets in my business are protected? And what are the good controls I need to put around that? So we get a lot of questions uh, you know, about electronic forms of payment. So we've been helping clients with that. But more than that... Even in the very beginning of the pandemic, we got a lot of questions about cash flow. All I can say is cash is king, right? So we get a lot of questions from clients, and we did a lot of trainings and teachings for a lot of the local not-for-profits and small business center and the tourism authority and all sorts of things where we could we had a platform we could tell people this is really important, right? And and it took the pandemic for us to go, oh yeah, okay. Cash is quickly diminishing. What do we need to do to make sure we're saving and preparing for tomorrow? Uh, what are ways that we can maximize our cash flow? If we look at our customers and our clients, you know, what do I need to do to make sure that I can get paid from them? Uh, what, do, what can I do with my vendors? You know, if I'm out there sourcing various things to, to make my widgets, what are ways that I can, again, work with those vendors to, to maximize the cash flow? And and some of my clients even live through the the economic session we had in 0809 and they were like I'm not going back there again. I'm not putting everything on credit cards. You know, I'm not going to end up with all that debt again. What do I need to do differently this time? And so Hopefully this, you know, information we were able to share with our clients and the community, you know, resonated with them and they were able to think through some of those processes and get some of those plans in place early on. If it was maybe a little bit too late for them to kind of implement some of those plans, because now it's kind of like, okay, now we're kind of just all we can do to keep the wheels on the bus on a regular basis. um, Then maybe they can think about it and start planning for the next pandemic. And maybe it won't be a pandemic. Like, I don't want to be a doomsday kind of person, but maybe it won't be a pandemic. But here in the Western North Carolina area, we're lucky. We don't have necessarily tornadoes that we deal with, but it's quickly becoming the local rainforest. So, like, flood is a real possibility. So what are other business disruptions that you can't control? That you need to be planning for, just like a pandemic. But there's other things that happen, and cybersecurity has become a big, big deal. So, so we want to keep the, all those things in mind as we're helping our clients understand. You know, okay, you you figured out that you can pivot your business and do this other thing, but let's think about other ways that we can help you well, electronic payments, like I said, or um, just cash flow planning, and just making sure you've got all the right things in place to. To protect you, your business, and your assets for the next event.
0: Yeah, Michelle, I, I, there are so many amazing points that you've made in the course. Of, you know, the past little bit. And I just want to take a moment to pull out a couple of things that I've heard, um, just to sort of summarize some big things. One is you fundamentally establish this business because you're passionate about your profession and your trade and your craft. Two, you have a very clear direction on who your customer is, what are the right businesses and professionals for you to work with, and you have an established view on how you can help them from everything from risk mitigation to establishing the right sort of organization to uh, obviously very tactical financial advice um, and in helping business owners understand how to maximize their cash flow and things like that, you've got a great understanding of your team and you have a very strong organizational strategy for yourself where you've said, you've made a decision at some point to say, it's important for us to hire senior accountants and we need those in order to, to I'm assuming, deliver the appropriate kind of value for your customers. And you've also figured out these incredible ways to empower your team Um, By giving them flexibility over their schedules, by setting up a cadence of weekly conversation and weekly meeting, by giving your team empowerment and coaching and training and resources. So I'm sure there's other things I'm missing, but we've been talking about so much that ties into what Tracy and I talk about pretty consistently, which is have a very clear view of your customer. Have a defined strategy have an organizational design that is human-centric and puts people at the center where you are trying to understand how can I empower my team and get the right people on to deliver for my customer. I think we ask so much and and we're, the conversation is going in so many ways. I just wanted to pull out a couple of the really big themes that I've heard because I think they tie in so well to what we talk about on a daily basis and hopefully what our customers are, are looking for or, or our listeners when they're listening to this podcast. Um, so I think all of those are great lessons for everybody out there that's listening.
2: I, I think you summarized it very, very well, Mike. And, and it is a lot. I'm not short on words, by the way. I, <laughs> So you know, if you ask a question, expect a twenty-minute answer.
3: We we love podcast guests that are that are happy to give us long answers because uh, we feel like it's really informative to our to our listeners, right? And I think Mike's right. I I mean, we're a little sad because it sounds like you've got all the pieces and parts in place. So you know, you're you're probably not going to work with Teams and Co anytime soon. But we do uh, we do appreciate all the different you know high points that you're hitting because I think again, from a listener's perspective, one of the things we like to share is how are other leaders doing it, right? And one of the things that's sticking out to me as you speak is it's not the big things. It's the little things, right? It's the little things each day that add up for our teams. So it's the time that you take to say, hey, what is important to each one of my team members and and asking them? And it's the simple hour or two that you say, hey, you know what? We can't see each other. We need a touch point. Let's have a quick team meeting now. We used to never do it, but... You know, nothing to say that we can't start, and and you can't you can also stop at some point, right? We say that to leaders all the time. You know, when you become the leader of a team or somebody new joins, you might meet with them at once a week. Over time, that might become once every other week, right? Because everybody kind of has that working relationship. But you can you can change things as as your business ebbs and flows. So I, that's one of the things I've really loved about this conversation is just that that tacked back to hey, it's just the little things that add up over time. Um and I'm sure for your clients they love that you kind of keep track of those things for them as well, right? Like oh, I do have to pay sales tax on a t-shirt I sell? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Like and I'm sure we can all resonate, right? As as business owners there's that that never ending stream of things that you're like, "I did not know that, but I'm really glad I know that now because now I can adjust and now I can take that and be better for the next time." So, uh I'm I'm sure you hear that often, but uh <laughs> that one resonated with me as well. <laughs>
2: You know, I've seen you, Tracy. I, I know. So for your listeners, Tracy, um, I've known for a while. And I know that you also employ this tactic, which is really super important and a tactic that I also use in in my business. Everyone, you know, likes to feel appreciated and special. So yes, having those team meetings, super important. It really was that touch point that they needed to feel connected in a pandemic, but also feel supported. But I also make it a point to, throughout the year, um, have events where I pull the team together. We'll do something, well, even in a virtual space. You know, we uh, we attended together the Blue Ridge Community College. They had a, a beer tasting event. So that was kind of fun for everybody. Um, we've done a, a wine and design, you know, Event. Um, we've gone to the Biltmore estate as a team. Uh, we go out to dinner. Uh, we did um, one of those, um, shoot, now oh, it's, it's escaping me, but one of those <laughs> lock rooms, you know, where you have to escape rooms. Escape room. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's fun. Oh I my know. gosh, that was so much fun. Put, put a bunch of accountants in an escape room. And we want to talk about fun. <laughs>
3: I'm secretly um, terrified of being locked in a small space, so that does not sound fun to me, but I'll take your word for it.
2: <laughs> yeah, but even with the clients, and I know you do this, Tracy, even with clients, you know, we, we make it a point to send... Um, year-end gifts to the clients, you know, uh, we send, you know, clients, if we find out a client's having a baby or, you know, a significant others, you know, having surgery or whatever the case may be, you know, if we'll send flowers, someone's passed away, we send, you know, year-end uh, cookies or gifts or fun things. And then what was really a one-year appreciated a lot by our clients is we sent gift cards that they get to choose which not-for-profit, They can use their gift card that we paid for. So they get to choose how this money is allocated. And it was all online. They get to tell it where to go. They don't have to pay for it. We paid for it for them. Uh, But it's just the little things like you were talking about where they feel special and they feel recognized. And, And I think all of that is important for your team. As well as for your clients. Yeah, that's awesome. That that is probably
3: one of the best gift ideas I have seen in a while. Is the idea that you can give the power of giving to somebody else, right? So you can say, "Hey, we care about our community, but we also want to make this part of your choice." Um, and that that's just a really fun idea. So I, I like that one. But <laughs> awesome. Well, Michelle, we want to be cognizant of your time. We know you're busy, and uh, your your team and your clients will probably want to uh, you know pull you back into uh, into your workday. So. We appreciate the time that you've spent with us today. I know our listeners will love hearing the conversation. If they have questions and they have now listened to this and said, yes, we do need help like from somebody like Michelle, how do they get in contact with you?
2: Oh, gosh. Yes, I'm here to help. Um, so <laughs> uh, very, very simply, of course, we have a website. So um, it's com. Um and then also email, you know I'm a little old school, so email is great, so it's Michelle at dot CPA.com. Um, or, you know, phone is good as well. But, you know, if you're in the community, uh, reach out, ask folks, you know, make recommendations, referrals. We work with tax preparers, other, uh, accountants in the area. Um, so as well as, like I said, other small business centers and everything else. So we, we love the referrals. So, so reach out if, if you, wherever your listeners are, if they're looking for assistance, Obviously, reach out to Tracy and Mike, but also reach out to small business centers in your in your location um, and ask them who do they who they know who can help. And certainly, if I can be of any assistance to any of your listeners out there, I'd be more than happy to.
0: And we will absolutely be posting those uh, those links and your contact information in the the show notes for this podcast, Uh, Michelle. Before we get out of here, I I do have one. Uh, More important question for you. What is an accountant's favorite brand of cereal?
2: (laughs) Oh boy. Well, every accountant's brand of cereal, favorite brand of cereal, is very different. But you know, I'm very much a typical accountant. So it's very much your, you know, your wheat checks. Sorry. It's not very exciting.
0: The correct answer is post.
2: I love
0: that too. <laughs> one, one, one more for you. Do you know how Santa's accountant uh, values his sleigh? No. The net
2: when,
0: when at a time value. What is it? The net present these, value. Uh,
3: these jokes are brought to you here by Mike <laughs> at Teams and Co. <laughs>
2: That's awesome. Have so I all- heard a good joke this morning. Yeah, yeah. In addition to all the other things Tracy knows, so I'm a very active member of the Henderson County Chamber of Commerce here in the Western North Carolina area. Um, and so I run one of their leads groups each week. And so um, one of our members of our group, he comes in. He's so funny. he's a joke of the day. He tells it every week. He tells us a new joke. So he said, sad to report, there's been a, a, a tractor trailer overturned on I-26, one of the major highways out here. So just so you know, it was it was terrible. It was a tractor trailer. Everyone's okay, but it was terrible. And the tractor trailer happened to have been carrying a, a huge load of, of Vicks vapor rub. Come to find out, the news is there's no congestion.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. I love it. I love it. I am a I, I am not a dad but i am a huge fan of dad jokes so i just thought this was, this was too good an opportunity sadly i didn't know any dad jokes about accountants so i i just looked some up and, and i liked does, those those too i'm adding a
3: personality to the podcast so now our listeners are going to expect jokes on the regular mic so you've just raised the bar for us uh- <laughs>
0: I used to, in my old corporate life, we had we, these big team weekly meetings, and inevitably somebody was late. So I always took took charge of filling the extra time before the meeting started with some
3: some I good love I love it. Jokes. Well, I can rest so, assured, Michelle, that um, if anybody calls Teams & Co. looking for accounting help... We do not have that expertise, so we will definitely put them in touch with you. Um, we will we will help them build their teams, but we also know that uh, accounting is not our forte. So um, if you are looking for Michelle, we will put all of her information in our show notes. It is a little bit of a trick. Her last name is spelled T-R-A-C-Z. So when she says Michelle Trotz, just know that that's a, a different spelling than you may expect. But again, it'll be in our show notes, especially for all of you who are listening on your car ride and you can't take notes, um, we will have that all there, as well as transcripts. If you wanna watch in video uh, and see us laugh out loud to Mike's, uh, Mike's joke section, you can catch us on YouTube uh, or obviously on uh, audio with podcasts at Spotify, Apple, or, or anywhere else. So we appreciate you all listening and tuning in. Michelle, thank you again for all of your time. It's been a, been a pleasure and uh, we will see you all next week.
1: You've been listening to Building Teams with Teams & Co. To learn more about the latest thinking on how to empower your team to deliver exceptional results or to book a consultation, please visit us at teamsandco.com or follow us at LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Mention of particular products or services and participation of a guest does not imply an endorsement by Teams & Co. The information provided is for educational and entertainment purposes and should not be taken as professional advice.